welcome our online audience. We're so glad that you're watching with us. You've joined us. We love you. I want to give a big shout out to everyone who showed up yesterday for the Quincy Unity Walk. Yeah, I think I said that right. Huh? Unified Cincy. I knew I messed it up. I, just like a good wife to point it out right there. And correct. But Unified Cincy, what a great opportunity. And if you didn't get to make it, that's okay. We had, there was thousands of people come out to just show and walk in unity to say, you know what? We're one voice, we're one heart, for one purpose, and that's to lift up the kingdom of heaven, declaring that there's nothing impossible whenever people come together in unity. And it was a beautiful place. I want to encourage you and let you know this house got to sow seed in what it cost to kind of, we got to partake in that. So you guys got seed in the ground for a harvest that's going to come out of the body of Christ coming together. How many believe that's something? That's worth something. Amen. So we love you. I appreciate you. That's what your giving does. It's one of the things we do. We do a lot of mission stuff. We sow, We have different coverings that cover us and they help us make sure that we're being good stewards of the funds and, and uh, your your seeds. So I know that the Lord's going to continue to bring harvest. You look great this morning, and uh, I'm so excited about sharing, uh, continuing in our, in our, in our series uh, that we started last week, Kingdom Priorities, and today we're going to continue in the Kingdom Priorities. I believe it's going to change your life. We're going to deal with God's purpose for kingdom. Everybody say God's purpose for kingdom. It's one thing to say, kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and as it is in heaven. And most people don't even know what it is. They don't even know their purpose, much less the kingdom's purpose. But today that's going to change. You ready? I'm excited. All right. So turn with me to the book of, if you don't have your Bible, be on the screen. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I read this last week. I'm just going to keep pounding it in you. Familiar passage. Everybody, let's say it together. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Watch this. Here's the contingency. And all these things shall be added unto you. So the key is seeking first. Shout it at me. The Say it one more time. Seeking first the... Okay. In our last verse, this will be our text. Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. This is Jesus talking. And the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. How many knows what yeast is? All right, most of the ladies in here know what yeast is. Men, we're going to learn. Kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour. Watch this. Until it worked all through the dough. We're going to have fun today. Somebody, somebody said, oh, Lord, he's going to start cooking muffins. We might. All right. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for your presence. And I thank you that there's all limits have been removed off of your ability to transform and change our lives. We give you complete control in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. God bless you. So... It's not hard to find out how many people are on this earth. Um, you can Google if you're not very smart like I did. Somewhere around, right at 7.6 billion people walk on the earth that God created in some way, form, or fashion. And uh, that's, that's a large amount of people. But listen, it's also a large amount of 
questions where people would wonder, what is my purpose? What is the plan that God has for my life? What, what, when God thought of me, when he uh, created me, what, what was his plan? What was he thinking in his mind? I, I want you to understand, you are and you have been, I'll say it like this, you have been and you still are on God's mind. His purpose for you has never changed. And just like in the book of Genesis, 6,000 years later, here we are today, God still has a purpose for his people. And we need to recognize that if we catch the purpose, we can be effective with the mission. The mission is not, watch, about us. This is going to hurt somebody. It's about him. It's always been about him. Everything has always been about him. The moment we take it off of him and we put it on us or we put it on this person or that person or this thing or this business or this, this place, we get out of alignment with the kingdom. Okay? There really is a kingdom of heaven, a kingdom of God. And he, had a, a, he did and, and does have a real plan of how it is to be set up. God's purpose for his kingdom, if you've got taking notes, I want you to write this down. God's purpose for his kingdom was and still is working, is to work through humanity to impact earth with heaven's culture. To impact earth with heaven's culture. Now let me clarify that. That means God never intended for earth to go to heaven. He's, his whole purpose from the very beginning was to bring heaven to earth. Are you with me? When I was, uh, well, actually quite a few years ago, uh, Ashley and I used to, my first wife who passed away, many of you know that, we used to vacation when we was younger in the Bahamas. And uh, how many likes to go to Bahamas? How many would like to go to the Bahamas? Yeah. How many would like to go to Bahamas for free? Okay, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> so we'd, we'd, we'd go there every so often and vacation and and I remember, in particular, this trip that we had taken, and we was driving and doing some touring, and uh, the driver <clears throat> began to show us different places, and I noticed this gated community, this big, huge house right in the middle, kind of of nowhere, and uh, I said, what house is that? He said, that's the governor's house, and uh, he began to explain to me how <clears throat> Great Britain and or England had colonized uh, the Bahamas, and he began to explain what colonization was and how an empire like Great Britain with influence and power and authority and money <clears throat> would move in and, and they would send their governor, somebody say governor, okay, their governor to come in and move into the area and his job was to change the culture of the colony so that the colony of Bahamas would learn to look like, act like, and sound like Great Britain, okay? So colonization is really an, an empowerment, a kingdom that is colonized to transform one authority, one power, to another. We get the word colon from colony. Your colon, we all got colons, and if, you, if you'd like to know how it works, it's really just your mouth connected to your rectum. I'm just going to say it right, just like that. What goes in goes out. That's exactly how it works. 
And if you cut the colon, you're going to have problems. Somebody say, I shout amen. Same thing in the spirit realm, okay? When it came to the book of Genesis, Adam, in Genesis chapter 1, was created in God's image. Let's look at a verse. I'll read it for you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Notice he's using uh, our. That means more than one. I believe he was talking to the Father, to himself, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen? And they've always been there. They will always be. He said, let's make man in our own, our own image. And let's, according to our likeness, let them, check it out, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth. You see, you see that? He, his whole plan, his whole purpose was for always for man to have dominion, power, and authority over all the earth. And he breathed into man. Guess what that was? That was the kingdom. That was God, fullness of God. That was Holy Spirit, the Son, and God all wrapped up in one. It was God's power and authority breathed into this man named Adam. Then Adam and Eve decided to do things on their own, and they cut the colon. They decided to step out on their own and say, we got a better way. And the presence of God was removed from the colony. And if you'll study out scripture, you'll see from, from, from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Matthew, you'll see the presence of God, the power of God rest on men at different times. Most of the prophets, it would happen. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Amos, Daniel. But the Holy Spirit wouldn't, the power of God the culture of God, watch, the nature of God would not stay on that man consistently. It would be upon him, and then it would remove. It came upon Samson at different times. Then it would be removed. If you fast forward through from, from Genesis to, to, to Matthew, you recognize that Jesus was the uh, reconnection of the colon. That was, was his intent was to bring man back to the fullness of what God's original plan was, which was to bring back and, and uh, set up a colony on this earth so that it could be like heaven and heaven could be like earth. It was to restore back to us the original authority and that, plan, that God had planned for his people. Write this down. Colonization in its most simplest form means this, to influence a territory and to dominate an atmosphere to influence a territory and to dominate an atmosphere when kingdom expands its influence will take over territory church it's important that we recognize kingdom mind we be kingdom minded people and notice and recognize that God's called us to take over territory we don't take it over for us we take it over for him and if we represent the king listen to me if we're representing the king the Bahama people learn to represent the king they never met the king they never saw the king but they started drinking tea like the king they started wearing suits with shorts like the king they started the little boys they tell me would wear brown socks and 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 these little outfits just like the kingdom people uh, in in great britain why because that's the culture of great britain great britain was becoming excuse me the bahamas was becoming like 
Great Britain. It's important. God is not trying to get uh, himself to earth. He's trying to get us to, to create colony, okay? He wants us to create colony, kingdom, right here uh, on this earth so that miracles, signs, and wonders, power, and authority, culture, come on, culture is a big part of this. And it starts with his glory. Somebody say glory. If you look up the word glory, I had to write this down because it was just powerful to me. The, the word glory comes from the word weight. If you start looking at Greek and the Hebrew, you're going to see one of the definitions of glory is, is weight. It's a weighty. It's not this, it's not necessarily, in the Bible sometimes it's described as a Shekinah of glory, almost like a cloud. It's not a cloud, but, but when you get the glory of God, the, the Shekinah presence of God in your life working on a consistent basis, it is heavy. Okay, because it's weighing on your flesh. Flesh don't like to be, uh, 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 how you say, um, <laughs> uh, controlled. Flesh don't like to be uh, pressured in any way, form, or fashion. But see, God's glory will not let you stay the same. God's glory will transition you. It will change your mind. It will change your heart. It will change your words coming out of your mouth. There's something about it's a weighty presence, okay? But that word glory... Uh, mean, not only means weight, but it also means nature. The nature of who? The nature of God. God's glory is his nature. And that word nature means image. Whew, I like this. It's interesting to me that the verse I read to you in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. So his image is his nature. His nature is his weight. His weight is his glory. God's original purpose and plan was for us to carry his glory so that we could change our, our nature, so that we could not only change our nature, but so that we could take over territory and, and change a culture and see God's glory manifested so miracle signs and wonders could take place in not only our schools, but our homes, our marriages, our churches, my God, our cities and our communities. It takes you and I to be open-minded to recognize God's bigger than Cincinnati. He's bigger than your cancer. He's bigger than your high blood pressure. He's bigger than your broken marriage. I'm telling you, if we get God's kingdom to show up in our life, his glory manifested will shift the atmosphere. Territories will be taken over that the enemy has unrightfully taken. I've come to tell you, Satan has taken some territory that don't belong to him. And I'm just looking for two or three people who's made up in their mind, I'm going to fight for what God's given me. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to declare victory is mine. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Can't have my children. Can't have my marriage. Can't have my church. My God, you're not getting my peace. You're not going to take my mind. I'm going to speak peace and joy and hope and love. And I'm going to have kindness and gentleness. It's going to work in me. Why? Because the kingdom works in me and in you. And when we give God colonization of our lives, we have his power. Are you saying we're God? No. He's the God in you. You're not saying, some people, say, some people have interpreted some of, the, some of these scriptures to, to mean that we're little gods. Listen, we, why would the God of the universe need little gods when he's the biggest God of them all? He's looking for men and women vessels, sons and daughters, to represent him as citizens. Write that down, citizens. 
That's a good word. We are citizens of the kingdom. Is, is everybody with me? Okay. I know I'm getting excited. I'm going to calm down. Let me, my blood pressure is going to go. I'm just I'm real enthusiastic about this because it's shifting my mind because I see what's going on in the world. And I see how we have, huh, we've tried to, uh, how you say, disconnect our government, huh, the way we run the political uh, things in this world, the way we view this, this opinion or that opinion. We've tried to do it on our own. We've tried to fix it on our own. How's that working out for you? Adam and Eve tried to fix it on their own. It doesn't work without God. It's not going to work without God. And here's the key. Here's the good, point, uh, the good thing about God. It, it doesn't take everybody. It just takes somebody. And if somebody will just simply say, I surrender to my Father's will. Then, then we can begin to pray like he told his disciples to pray in the book of Matthew chapter 6. Next week we'll probably be dealing with kingdom prayer. But he says, thy father, watch this, who art in heaven. Can I just stop right there? You need to know where God is. I said you need to know where God is. I know he's omnipresent, but listen to me. He's in his kingdom. And right now his kingdom is in heaven. And he's looking for some citizens to bring kingdom to earth. But he can't open up the heavens unless the citizens believe and they stay connected through colonization, through relationship, not through religion, not through going through the motions, but through having relationship and trusting and believing that everything he has for you is for you. It's not just for me. Listen, you can believe it or don't believe it. I'm going to get it because I believe it. Here's the good news. Somebody, somebody asked me the other day, what happens when bad things happen to good people? That's part of life. That doesn't change that God's still good. It doesn't change that his kingdom is still reigns forevermore. It doesn't change we still have power and authority. We still have keys to bind things on earth and loose things in heaven. We, we still have that, that power and authority. God's will reigns supreme. Hmm. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Somebody said, I thought we were going to talk about yeast. It's coming, okay? So I kind of laid a little foundation. But, again, God's original plan was to set up mankind as his governmental representatives on earth. Somebody say, I'm a representative of God's kingdom. Say, my purpose is to represent God's kingdom well. You know what that means? The next time you ask yourself if you got purpose, you ought to say, I got purpose because I got kingdom. Whenever you step on the job site, your purpose is representing the king. Whenever you go to school, your purpose is to represent the king. Whenever you come to church, you ought to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and lift up your voice with a shout declaring and decreeing, had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, I couldn't be here today. See, there's a lot of people, and they're still wondering, should they go out, should they stay in? Should they go out, should they stay in? Listen, we're, we're going to do everything we can to give peace of mind and honor authority. And, you know, we got some mass things that we've been doing, and we're kind of doing it for the entrances and for the exits, just to create peace. And we know the virus is real. Sin is real. I wish people would stop being as scared of sin as they are of, uh, uh, of this coronavirus. We need to start taking authority because it's not by might. 
It's not by power. There's nothing the government's going to give you to make you any better. But God's supreme authority. The Bible says at that name, every demon in hell's got to bow. Every sickness has got to bow. It's at the name of Jesus we have complete and total victory. Amen. So, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And Jesus began to explain the kingdom through a simple analogy. I like his analogies because I'm simple. I'm not that deep. If you haven't figured that out yet, stay with me. I'm slow, but I'm worth waiting on. <clears throat> so he, how many believes if Jesus, uh, let me say this. It, who created yeast? It's not a trick question. Jesus, right? How many believes he probably knows what yeast is about? Because he created yeast. And so I'm of the belief if he uses something and I don't understand what it is he's using or why he's using it, maybe I need to study the product or the thing he's talking about. So I started studying some yeast. And so we're going to go through seven principles or characteristics of how yeast relates to us as kingdom citizens. I went and bought me some yeast. I've never bought yeast. I usually don't do that throughout my week. But I went and got some yeast at Kroger. You guys, you want to check it out. It, it's actually pretty cool. It's in this little packet, and uh, it's pretty interesting to me. I thought yeast was going to be in this big box. I don't know. I thought it would have some kind of big, huge... <laughs> I mean, Jesus is talking about the yeast. It's got to be big big and bad. You know what I'm talking about? Everything. I'm from Texas. Everything's bigger from, in Texas. So I, I just assumed when I got to Kroger, I was going to have to find this big, huge tub of yeast. And, and I found this. And, uh, and I began to learn that this yeast it had to go through some things to, to be put in the, in, in the state that it's in right now. And I had a hard time opening the yeast uh, but I, I wanted, in case you men especially haven't ever seen yeast, it's, it just kind of, it's kind of like sand, you know? It's really what it is. And I know this is going to make a mess, but I just want you to see. That's yeast. And to me, it doesn't seem like yeast would have been that important, but Jesus thought it was so important, he just kept talking to about yeast to his disciples and he was trying to teach them there was something about yeast that you could learn to help you be and walk in the kingdom. So today, I want you to first recognize and note that yeast you just saw, number one, write this down, yeast looks weak and unimportant. Can we all agree with that? I mean, this is the hardest package to open. I can't believe... My dough is going to have a lot of trouble if I cook and I need yeast. What looks insignificant to man, listen, this is for somebody, is priceless to God. When you're kingdom-minded, it's never about what you have to offer. But more than that, it's about what your king has already given. Because of what he gave... We have opportunity in Jesus. Notice I said in Jesus. He's the king. By the way, the Holy Spirit's our governor. He was sent here to recolonize us 
so that we could recognize who the true king is. And as we, if we will open up ourselves to the Holy Spirit, and, 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 and let me just re-clarify, he is a person. He is a person. You've got to recognize Holy Spirit as a person. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, don't get it mixed up. It's all the same thing. Some people are scared of ghosts, so we've made it Holy Spirit, okay? <clears throat> the fact of the matter is it's, it's the Trinity. It's the fullness of God. It's how he indwells. See, without the Holy Spirit inside of you, listen to me, sir, ma'am. I don't care what denominations you come from. I don't care what pastors have told you online. Listen, if Holy Spirit ain't living in you, you're dead spiritually. You've got to have the breath of God, the Holy Spirit of God ruling and reigning in your life. That's why the Bible, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. If you want to enter the kingdom, you've got to be born again. So don't, don't allow yourself to wonder if you're born again. Here's a good sign. If you're dead spiritually, you're probably not born again. If the kingdom of God's not ruling and reigning in your, in your life, you're probably not born again. If you are kingdom birthed and you've been recolonized by the king, I promise you, you're going to be alive. You're going you're to have a breath inside of you that gives him praise, gives him glory, has a smile on your face, has something to tell. You are the witness. Somebody say, I'm a witness. So yeast looks weak and unimportant. Because of what Jesus gave, we have, we have opportunity in the king to have access to everything the kingdom has to offer. One person said one time, little is much in the hands of God. Understand, if God can take nothing and can create everything in the book of Genesis chapter 1 with the power of his spoken word, then how much more can you and I trust him to take our everything and do anything he desires for his kingdom and with our lives? How much more should we be able to trust him? He spoke the trees into existence. He spoke the sun into existence. My God. He spoke the, the, the fish and the, the, the whales and the dolphins and, and the giraffe. He spoke it all. The grass that you see out there that you cut once a week maybe. You, the, 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 the timber that built your house that you live in and you sleep under. He spoke that into existence. We need to learn how to trust God. And realize what is insignificant maybe in our eyes isn't so insignificant in the eyes of God. So I started realizing that if I would just simply apply the little bit that God's given me by faith, if I could just start using the yeast that the Lord would give me, suddenly it would start doing what it would need to do. And it would take effect in ways I probably would never expect it to, to take effect. There's something about yeast. Yeast takes over territory. Yeast will take little, and it will become much. It may take time for it to be effective, because in most cases, you got to let yeast sit. Sometimes we got to learn how to wait on the Lord. we got to recognize that he's still working. It might not look like he's working, but there's some stirring going on in our lives. Circumstances happen, problems happen, chaos happens, marriage problems happen. Just keep putting some yeast on it, put that kingdom in it, because what will begin to happen is things will start rising. 
The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, if you'll apply the yeast, apply the kingdom, apply it to your family, apply it to your marriage, apply it to your finances. My God, if you want overflow, eventually, if you'll keep applying the kingdom, peace is in the kingdom, joy is in the kingdom, healing's in the kingdom. He said, the yeast is like the kingdom. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. My God, you ought to get excited because there's an overflow coming to your house if you will have faith to believe that he is the answer to all things. Come on, give him glory. Give him honor and give him praise. Now, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 26, it says this. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. That kind of covers all of us. We, not many of us are wise, not many of us are mobile, noble, not many of us. <laughs> we ain't got it going all together, but yet we're still called. I like that. But God, watch this, has chosen the foolish things. See that? He chose you, you fool. He chose you. And as a joke, I'm sorry. He, he chooses the foolish things. What people think's not worth anything, couldn't do anything. He chose you, insignificant yeast. He chose you to let the kingdom rule and reign in your life so that there could be expansion and so that territory could be influenced and his will could be done on earth even as it is in heaven. He chose the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God chose the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. I'm just telling you, I don't care if you think you're the weakest or if you think you're the most insignificant. Listen, God still wants to manifest his kingdom in your life. Stop saying you're fat. Stop saying you're ugly. Stop thinking you're less than. No, you're a son and a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are royalty. I'm going to keep telling it, talking it until somebody gets it. You are royalty. You are a holy nation. You're, you're, the Bible says that you, you, you have, you're a chosen people. You're a royal people. Come on. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. He don't call no junk. Everything he's got in the kingdom is priceless. Give God praise that you're priceless. Come on. All right, I got to hurry. Write this down. Yeast is never intimidated by the size of the dough. <laughs> Kingdom kids should never have to be afraid of a city, a community, or any people of any kind. I got a picture. I actually did some yeast and dough mixture, and I couldn't do it as fast as I wanted to do it because you ladies know you got to wait for it to rise, right? I learned that. Uh, that's why men don't do a lot of cooking because we just say, I ain't patient. I, got, I need it right now. Come on. And, uh, but there's this picture I, I made. I, I hope it comes across. Boys, go ahead and throw it up there. And uh, it, with this picture, you're going to see where I started, and then you're going to see the effects of the yeast. And it, it'll come up there. Uh, just let me know when it gets up there. Yeast is never intimidated by the size of the dough. I don't want you to be intimidated by what, what we are facing in the church or what, and or what we're facing in uh, this world. Don't allow the fears of this world to overshadow the victories in the kingdom of God. 
Okay? God's victories in the kingdom are way bigger than the fears of this world. On my left was before yeast. On my right was after yeast. Okay? What did it do? It took over territory. It expanded, right? It made bigger what was small. The yeast is never intimidated by the dough. Ladies, have you ever heard the, the yeast? <laughs> ah! Do that when it sees the dough? No. Because yeast is there to expand. Yeast is there to take over. Oh, my God. Yeast is there to make influence. Yeast is there to take over territory. I'm just here to tell you the kingdom of God's here to be expanded, and it's up to you. The kingdom is in you. How come you're not taking over territory? How come you're not seeing your neighborhood change? If you got the kingdom, you should be changing the kingdom. Uh, you should be changing your neighborhood with the kingdom. Come on. Now, that's where it gets a little uncomfortable because, oh, oh, oh you want me to live this thing? <laughs> Pastor, you want me to really believe what I'm saying? Absolutely. We got to take over territory. How do you think that, that, that Jesus uh, fulfilled the purpose and the church was birthed when, when, the, when the colonization was put back together and the disciples got it and they were reconnected to the kingdom through the blood of Jesus? They were ready to lay their lives down. They weren't intimidated. People were, were ready to cut their heads off, skin them alive, throw them in lion's dens. They, they was ready to turn them upside down and crucify them. They didn't care. They believed in what they, what, they, what they had experienced. And when you've had an experience with God, there's nothing that this world can do or say that will ever stop you from declaring the kingdom of God is, is my lifestyle. It's my purpose. It's what I'm created for. And it's only the beginning. Yeast is never intimidated. I, I remember a young man by the name of David who, who could have been intimidated. Everybody else was intimidated by this man by the name we would know as Goliath. I found in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that Goliath, he had an interpretation of who David was and what he looked like. He said, who is this little kid, this little boy? 1 Samuel 17, 42. He said he's glowing and he's healthy and handsome. He described him just like that. And, he's, and the Bible says that Goliath despised him. He said, am I a dog that you would send out this little kid and lick, lick my stick or lick my, that's what it says, that you come at me with sticks? Okay, yeah. Be careful what, you, what I say. You need to make sure I'm reading it right. And the Philistine cursed David. That's how he saw David. Can I tell you something? Some people are going to see you as minute. Some people are going to see you as nothing. But you have to start changing your mind. If you change your mind, you'll change your mouth. You change your mouth, you'll change your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If, in you, if it gets in your heart, it's going to come out your mouth. I'm just telling you, it works. It's kingdom principles. But you've got to be thinking right, and you've got to know you don't have to be intimidated. Listen to what David said. This is what he thought about the Philistine. 1 Samuel 17, 45 said it like this. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. Uh oh, that sounds like kingdom to me, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will uh, give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel because I serve the God of kingdom you got to change the way you see your circumstance you got to change the way you see you number two number three 
Yeast works quietly. Did y'all see me stirring it in? Yeast works quietly. You'll never hear yeast. You'll never uh, feel necessarily yeast. But you will see the effects of yeast. When we get the kingdom in our life, you ain't got to go around well, God bless you. How you doing, brother? Have you been saved? Are you fit with the Holy Ghost? Are you speaking in tongues? How many times have you prophesied? Hallelujah! Are you ready to go to heaven? No, I'm scared to death. So many people, that's why so many people are scared of the church. They're scared of church people. Because we've gotten so churchy, we're more churchy than Noah was Arky. We are flipped out. And I'm here to tell you, we got to start speaking and declaring the kingdom. And the kingdom don't have to come in. Listen, I know I'm getting hot. I'm sweating and I'm spitting and I, I'll get excited, but I can talk to you just like this all day. In the kingdom of God, that's while I'm screaming and hollering, it's just as powerful whenever I'm talking in a whisper. And you know what? I don't even have to say anything. Because His presence does everything. If we get His presence in an atmosphere like this, chains are broken, lives are restored. And hearts are put back together. Yeast works quietly. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 19, there was a young man by the name of Elijah. He was depressed. He was ready to take his life. He actually was ready to commit suicide. And God found him hiding in a cave. This was the same young man that had just called fire down from heaven by faith. And God consumed his sacrifice in front of Baal, idol worshipers. Fast forward, he's in a cave, he's depressed, and he's wondering, I'm all by myself. God's not even for me anymore. He gets real quiet. He hears wind. He, see, he hears and sees an earthquake. He sees fire. But God, the Bible says he wasn't in any of it. But then a still, small voice showed up in that cave. Right where he needed God to show up. The kingdom will come right where you are. And it will affect and change your life. But you have to believe it's for you. Whew. Yeast, number four, never becomes dough. This is real deep, ain't it? Yeast never becomes dough. Dough. In other words, the dough is always affected by the yeast. The yeast is not affected by the dough. Can I say that again? The dough is always affected by the yeast. The yeast is never affected by the dough. We are to be in the world. We're not to be of the world. We are to be people, kingdom-minded people. We're influencing people. They're not influencing us. I taught my children from a young age because I was taught from my mom and dad at a young age that I was to be a leader, not a follower. Because there's a lot of people that want to make you follow in directions you were never intended to go. But God's ordained me to lead by example. When I don't have the right direction, guess what? I find someone who's better than me, someone who's smarter than me, someone who's got more wisdom than me. And I, and I don't have pride and arrogance to think i got it all figured out. But a good leader will find people to, that's better than them, surround themselves with him so that they can, they can become a better leader. Somebody shout amen. That's what it takes. But we need to be influential. We are not to be intimidated by this world. You stop being afraid to speak truth. Stop being afraid. Well, let me say it like that. Stop being afraid to speak truth 
in love. Nobody needs you to go up screaming and hollering and cussing, saying, you ought to get saved and go to heaven like me. God don't need you to do that. That's not kingdom. You got to love your neighbor as yourself. You got to pray for those who despitefully use you. You got to love even when it hurts. You got to forgive even when they don't deserve it. Yeast never becomes dough. Matthew 5 and 16 says it like this. Let your light so shine before men. Watch that they may see your good works. Here's that glory word. And glorify your Father in heaven. That's kingdom. When you're glorifying God, that's kingdom. You glorify yourself, that's flesh. We're here to glorify the Father. Number five, yeast affects the entire dough. In other words, it doesn't just affect some of it. It doesn't just affect half of it. That means God's kingdom has no limits, and it should affect any and all areas of life. This is how kingdom culture takes over one heart at a time. What do you mean, Pastor? I'm saying we ought to be in politics. The church ought to be in the politics. We ought to be in, uh, we ought to have doctors in uh, working that are kingdom minded. We ought to have lawyers. We ought to have sports uh, uh, athletes that are in the sports arenas. We ought to have actors and entertainers and Hollywood uh, workers. Why? Because that's the marketplace. That, how do you think the kingdom's going to uh, take over territory in those areas if all of us are running to the church and none of us want to be connected to and create culture in different areas? Well, Pastor, I just want to work for the church. You're really not as used as mightily at the church as you would be over here working as a doctor or a lawyer or as a, a, an entertainer. I don't know, be, be a baseball player, be a football. We can take over all territories because we're kingdom kids. And we got rightful citizenship. I'm just saying, yeast affects the entire dough, not just some of it. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 10 and 7. He looked at his disciples one day as he was fixing to start teaching and sending them out to build the kingdom, expand the kingdom, transform and change the kingdom. Listen to what he says. He says, hey guys, as you go, preach this message. Stop right there. Because we're real good at preaching our message. We're real good at preaching how, what we think and our opinion and how to sound good, act good, be accepted. But Jesus said, I want you to preach this message. The kingdom of heaven has come. Is that, is, is that a good message or not? How many believes if Jesus told the disciples to preach this message, how many believes it's still a good message to preach today? He says, if you'll preach this message, watch, the kingdom of heaven has come. If you'll preach the kingdom, preach the kingdom, preach the kingdom, then here's the result of preaching the kingdom. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Cleanse the, those who have been leprous. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. The kingdom's not just for you. It's for everybody that you've come in contact with. Jesus is for everybody. Somebody put your hands together so you're, I know you're not asleep. Come on. <clears throat> Two more, I'm done. Yeast is best activated in heat and pressure. Yeast is best activated in heat and and pressure. You've never, you'll never see the kingdom of God grow and expand any faster than when you surrender your will to God's will, even when it hurts, even when it's not what you want to get. Listen, chaos and crisis, write this down, are breeding grounds for God to do supernatural things in your life. I've always said it like this, crisis creates opportunity for God's presence 
to do supernatural miracles. It's a real thing. It really, it really does work whenever you trust him and as, as supreme king. Number seven, this is my last thought. Worship team, you can come up. <clears throat> the effects of yeast are always, get this, visually evident. <clears throat> the effects of yeast are always visually ex evident. What I mean by that is that, when, that you can see the dough rise. When you see the dough rise, there's no doubt that yeast has been applied. Listen to me. When the kingdom is preached, believed, lived, and accepted, the kingdom culture shifts <clears throat> atmospheres and colony. Okay? We are a colony. We're here to represent the kingdom. And if we become like the king, his kingdom will rule and reign in this colony. Not this building. In us. Somebody say us. If we are people of the kingdom, then our city should see and hear the effects of what we are doing through, watch, our giving, our serving, the way we love people, all because that the kingdom dwells in us. They shouldn't see it because we got a bigger building or because we got fancier lights or we got better singers. Or, that's not what's going to, that's not what means, that, that doesn't mean that we got kingdom. What means we got kingdom is when we're influencing territory. So here's my question. I'm done. Is Jesus evident in your life today? This is a personal question. Is his presence evident in your life today? Let me put it another way. If I were to ask the people you work with, if you were a Christian or if you represented signs of being a, a kingdom son or daughter during the week, would you be guilty or would you be innocent? The kingdom must be evident. Are you born again or are you just going through the motions? Have you died to self? Because you can't be in kingdom and still be alive to self. It doesn't work that way. When you step out of kingdom like Adam, you die. But Jesus came that you may have life and life more abundantly. If you'll get yourself in Christ, you'll live for eternity with the king. Every head bowed, every head closed. Father, I thank you right now for every son, daughter, <clears throat> every man, woman, boy, and girl, every citizen represented in this place. Someone's watching online. They may not know you as king. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to ch touch, tug, and pull on the heart of that son or daughter, that man or woman that they don't know if Jesus lives in them. Today, we're going to make a change. If you're under the sound of my voice and you say, Pastor D, I've thought about it. I really want yeast. I want kingdom to work in my life. I can relate to some of the things you've talked about. I really want Jesus to be my source and my king. I don't want to be ruled and reigned by circumstances. I want my sins to be under the blood, and I want to know that I'm on my way to heaven when I take my last breath here. 
If that's you in this place, whether online or whether right here in this audience, there's nothing to be afraid of and nothing to be ashamed of. If you want to know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to slip your hand up real high. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Nobody's looking at you. This is a kingdom decision. You're either going to live for the kingdom or you're not. If you don't know Jesus, on the count of three, you lift your hand up real high. Don't be afraid. I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Are you ready? One, two, three. Right now. There's a hand. There's a hand. There's a hand. Come on. There's a hand. There's another hand. God sees those hands. God saw every hand. Here's what we're going to do. Look at me. Because we've done this in the church. Look at me. The pastors have done a horrible job of making people think they have to be afraid. We've forgotten about the altar. I was talking to Mrs. Carla. Mrs. Carla, are you in the house today? There you are. I was talking to Mrs. Carla the other day. She's very prophetic and very anointed a woman of God. And we were sharing how, how the church has forgotten about what the altar's all about. The altar's where you die and where he lives. The altar represents, I mean, why are we scared to come to the altar? Abraham had an altar. Jacob had an altar. Isaac had an altar. The altar's a place of death to self. So the kingdom can come alive. Could it be the reason we're not taking over territory? We're not being as influential as we could be? It's because we're more alive in us than we are in Him. If you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something. It's going to be, take boldness. I want to meet you right here. And we're going to applaud you just like the angels. The Bible says the angels rejoice over one soul that comes into the kingdom. So we're going to stand to our feet. We're going to sing one more song. If you raised your hand on the count of three, as we stand together, you move out. Come meet me. One, two, three. Right now. Come on, church. Come on. If you raise your hand, come right down here. Come here, Brooke. Come on. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Come on. I saw kids. I saw young people. I saw mama. I saw you raise your hand. Come on. Don't be afraid. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. We're going to keep praising. We're going to keep glorifying. We're going to keep magnifying. Come on. I saw some people over here. I saw some over here. Come on. Don't be afraid. Come on. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. It's time to let the kingdom rule and reign. Now, here's something else. If you have had a, re a fresh revelation of what the kingdom is and, and, and what it's supposed to be doing in your life, and you want to be more active in uh as a citizen taking over territory. Would you step out by faith? I just want you to line up. You can space out. I don't care how you do it. But right now, I'm trying to activate your faith. Because without faith, if it's possible to please God, we got to activate our faith. So right now, if you want to be more kingdom-minded to take over territory, I wonder if anybody in here would say, that's me, Pastor. I'm going to do it. Anybody in this place who wants to take over territory? There's a man. Come on. Come on. I know it's different. I know it's different. Come on. It's all right. I need some kingdom-minded people. Come on, let's put our hands together. Step out by faith. Close your eyes. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You say, I'm coming. I'm a kingdom man. I'm a kingdom woman. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. All right. I know we're still social distancing and all that, but listen to me. We will overcome through the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's Word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at darrenfarmer.com and let's do life together on all social media platforms. And as always, your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome. God bless you.